what is going on guys it is your boy tkd123 here back again here on playstation source this is of course safe slot podcast the weekly news show about any and all things ps5 playstation games and playstation itself with me of course my luxurious co- damn it my luxurious co-host the iraq day how are you doing good sir i'm doing well how are you i'm doing good i'm doing good we're 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 gonna have a a very i'm gonna have a lot of emotions this 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 uh podcast you know what i'm saying but uh uh first and foremost you know everything's good over here and you're and you're part of uh arizona you know things are good things yeah are no. right. everything was every, we bracken we chilling we we bracken we keep it moving absolutely you know what i'm saying uh Housekeeping, of course, catch the show on YouTube.com since PlayStation Source, as well as podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, etc. via our anchor link in the description. You can also like the video and rate the podcast to help us get seen by more viewers so we can be uh, a bigger PSS family. I did not check to see if you plebeians, you you listeners, wrote any reviews. You know, if I'm I'm checking as we speak. Arachnite, if they didn't, we gotta lay down some penalties here. You know, oh my god, what a surprise! Look at nothing, nothing, nothing. Hmm. I mean, hmm. there's there's only so much you can say about a five star podcast. I mean, I suppose, but you you could at least tell us we're five stars. You know, I know we're perfect already. I wouldn't mind hearing that once in a while. You know what I'm saying? I'm a man that needs um reassurance. Reassurance, thank you. I was I was uh, I held up on the word. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Reassurance, you know. But uh if you don't need reassurance and you need some more likes, of course, you can uh, go down below and like or dislike the show and connect with us further on Twitter and Discord down below in though in the description down there as well. If you're feeling a little generous as well, feel free to hit that join button to become a mem- to, to become a member of the channel with the one dollar prince tier and our five dollar king tier as well. Uh, to be members, just like Arachnite, Chungi, I think Owen, Tapiwa Musa, and uh, Caleb Kaiser. You know, I'm gonna just start naming random people that I I I you know I know listen or 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 follow us at least, but um. You can, you can of course also check out stream series throughout the week. Uh, we did Ratchet and Clank, of course. We will be talking about that in a little bit, as well as uh, this upcoming week, Metal Gear Solid Two is happening. Sons of Liberty, it's going down. I'm very excited for it. I was told to um, record my reactions to the trailer of MGS Two and bring it to the Joy Clicks boys at some point. So I gotta do that eventually. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Have you played Metal Gear Solid 2? I have not. Okay, okay, okay. Did you beat Metal Gear Solid, the first one? I, I ended up watching, uh, like, parts of a playthrough. At, because yeah, it's just yeah. like, that 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 gameplay has shown its age. Yeah, it's a tough, yeah, it's a tough game. Uh, it's, a, it, it's a tough game to play in 2021, specifically. You know, for sure. Yeah, like, for sure. Narratively, it's as good as it's always been. But that gameplay is very, very rough. Does not hold up. No. Does not hold up. Nope. 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 Um, and if you missed out on the channel, of course, we did some Destruction of All-Stars beginner tips. I'm still working on a really big uh, review of all the characters in Destruction of All-Stars. I'm like half put it, Like, I half don't want to make it. But I've already came so far in it. I might just finish it and just put it out there. 
you know, but we'll see where that comes. Uh, also, we have rumors that I talked about of a Final Fantasy VII PS5 upgrade. There's rumors going around about uh, extra story DLC being put into Final Fantasy VII as well. That we check out that video and we went over, which we'll get to right now, I suppose, since we're right here and it's not on the main show. Ratchet and Clank ripped apart the next big PS5 first party game from our boys Insomniac Games. Uh, did get a release date of, I believe it was June 11th, 2021? 2021? Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna double check that, but um, let me know your thoughts about, uh, you know, this date. Are you excited about it? You have any thoughts, Arachne? I think it's a good, uh, it's a good placement. Like it's, it's right when the summer starts for a lot of people. Like you know, kick it off with some Ratchet and Clank. I mm. I I am looking forward to it. Like I've been watching a bunch of the like Ratchet streams, like hopping in, seeing what's going on. Like watching the VODs once everything's like if I can't make it to a stream or if I have to leave in the middle of a stream and like just kinda like going along with the journey. And I'm excited. I wasn't gonna buy Rift Apart. I, I may I I'm really considering buying it now. It's a really great franchise, you know? And like even they said that hey, if if this is your first game, they say it's a great place to start because they do say that like it's a self-contained standalone story right but there are connections to the old games and stuff like that you know what i'm saying so yeah. um it'll be only for those that like have played all the games right that are gonna get those connections but um they say it's a great place to start if you're just going into the going into the franchise and um no i'm really excited for for uh rift apart i think it looks great i'm very very excited for it um uh, there was one thing I wanted to mention. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the... I believe it was the director of the game. I forgot which Insomniac, which Insomniac developer said it, but they said that the game was going to release uh, in the quote-unquote release window of PS5. Are we counting June as release window of PS5? Is that what we're doing in 2021? Uh, I, I don't know. A release window for me is the first few months, not the first seven. For... For me, the first window is three months. That's just me. Yeah, agree. You know? Yeah. Like, if it were to come out in, like, March, I would consider that release window. That's fine. You know? Um, even though that may be more than three months, technically. But, you know, around that realm. But if you're getting into the six-month territory, nah, that's not. That's not release window. But, you know what? It's all good. This game is going to be great. I'm very excited for it. I love a summer game. So, it's, I mean, yo, we're, we're going to be here playing Mass Effect in the summer, Rift Apart in the summer. It's it's going to be a good summer, man. Oh, yeah. Like, I, it's going to be a banger. I am ecstatic for the Legendary Edition. Like, mm. I I can't I can't wait. Like, I don't so care man, what man. I'm doing on release night. I don't care what I'm, like, if I'm supposed to see anybody or if I'm doing anything. Fuck them. Fuck them. I agree. I, I am going 100%. to be here on ad release like as soon as I can launch the game it's it's done I, I don't care I'm going to be here for a while I agree I agree I can't wait I can't wait I'm also glad that I don't feel the obligation to stream Mass Effect I just want to just experience it on my own you know what I'm saying um, like I did experience 5 x 7 Remake by myself for the first time which I'm happy I did that to be honest um, but I am going to do a, do a stream series of Final Fantasy VII Remake 
before part two comes out for sure. But I, I'm I'm happy that I get to experience Mass Effect by myself as well. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it it's definitely the way to do it. Like, uh, my some of my friends asks me to like just you know like in a Discord call or whatever like stream it. Mm. I was like, no, that's not happening. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, my my quick plan for Mass Effect right now is to just, you know, critical path it, right? I know there's a lot of side content. I heard that Mass Effect 2, there's a lot of, like, really big side content that yeah. a lot of people feel that, like, you, like, so so maybe I might find, like, a definitive list of, like, you know how there's lists of, uh, of, uh, um, of uh, Star Wars Rebels, or um, shows like that yeah, where Wars. Like what you yeah yeah do. where they have arcs that, okay like you need to watch this arc but you could skip these episodes like if I could find the master list of like okay here are the side quests that like actually matter let me I, I will I will I will play those as well Mass Effect 2 I can tell you right now the master list just in a, in a sense in a sense or two no spoilers. No right? spoilers. But I know one. There's some sort of like suicide mission. Yes, that is the whole. That's not a spoiler. That, they tell you in the first twenty minutes of the game. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I. Yeah. yeah. If if a crew if a like a crewmate or like a like a squad member asks you to do it, do it. Oh shit. <laughs> Oh man, you I can't wait. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. But what the like the game changes significantly if you do it or not. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you to go through that because I'm I watched my friend excited. do the suicide mission on his very first playthrough. He was sweating. Hmm. Cause. It's one of the only few games that I can remember. Where, like, you know, everybody, like, in a lot of games, it's like, oh, this is, you know, this is no, the point of no return. Like, there's no turning back. We're not going to make it. It's like, you know, it's like, they'll be fine. But in in Mass Effect, depending on what you do, that's Jeez. not how it goes. That's not how it goes. Oh, that's, that's, oh, oh, man. That's a lot. That's a lot, and I know the saves carry over from like game to game, and 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 that is in play as well. Like, oh yeah, no. What like, what you do in the whole trilogy really matters to the. Besides the end, allegedly, I don't know. You there, know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. there is a choice pretty early on in Mass Effect Two. That's life or death in Mass Effect Three. Jesus Christ. Well, we will get to that when we get to that. I'm very very excited for it. Um, also, you know, why not Why not announce it here? Road to Rift Apart is happening, okay? I'm still trying to figure out when to start that. Gotta get an intro made, you know? Gotta see who's on the panel, you know what I'm saying? Um, I guess I'll, you know, I guess this is like background, you know, like how the, how the sausage gets made type of conversation. But to end off this whole thing, Arachna, are you down to be on Road to Rift Apart? I know we've 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 talked about it, but it I I honestly don't feel like I have enough of a connection with Ratchet and Clank to talk about it. And yeah. To, to the quality yeah. of like to the quote unquote quality of how I've talked about other topics, like, um, like with Spider Man, 
Uh, obviously, to, you're yeah, 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 obviously. Yeah, yeah, like not to toot my own horn, but yeah, come on. But yeah, uh, it and like with Road to PS Five, it's I don't know. I, I I feel like it would be like that one episode of Road to PS Five where oh, oh no, Road <laughs> to Miles Morales and Road to PS Five, where it's like you were talking about the console and you and Billy were talking about the console and the and playing the game on the console, and I was just kind of chilling out, and it's like. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So so we'll talk about Okay. It more. We'll talk about Yeah, it more that Yeah, yes. So I guess that th- that definitely like in essence settles it. You know, I do have a I do have a second person that I'm still in conversations with. We're seeing how scheduling goes and all that. Um and that's pretty likely because he's definitely down to uh come on the show with me. Um so we'll see. We'll we'll see what all folds out, but um, at least we have safe slot. You know what I'm saying? At least we have safe yeah, slot. Yeah, we have safe slot. You know. But uh, of course, the next segment would be podcast reviews. But you assholes won't review the podcast. Why? Like, <laughs> you can put it. Honestly, insult me in the podcast review. Boom. There you go. I said it. Insult me. Damn. Not Iraq Knight though. Leave, leave him alone. But me, insult me on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Insult me. Next up here, what have you been playing? I've been talking a little bit too much. Arachnite, what have what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Risk of Rain with uh, some of my friends. Like, it's fun. I, I I remember looking at the game a year ago or so, uh, and I was like, yeah, and kind of wrote it off. But a friend of mine introduced it to uh, like to me, and we played it for a bit. And I was like, yeah, this is a lot of fun. And then we got some other friends in, into it, and that's all we've been playing for the last few days. So that's been fun. Apex has been a lot of fun. Um, other than that, like the Tomb Raider games, like yes, you've been lot, playing a lot of those. A yeah. lot of Tomb Raider. A lot of a, a lot of good photo mode shots. I've been enjoying them. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, I've been I've been having a lot of fun with uh, the photo mode in those games, like. Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, which came out in 2015, does not have a dedicated photo mode. Because you hate to see it. You hate to see it. So I've been trying to make do with what I can, and I think I think they've been coming out okay. Shadow the Tomb Raider, I got some of my favorite like photo mode shots I've ever done in that game. Like if if you had to tell me to pick a favorite from that set, it'd be hard. Like I I'm really really proud of what I did there, but. Mm. I, I don't know. Uh, Tomb Raider's been a lot of fun. I have a huge crush on Laura Croft. It is... It's bad. <laughs> shout out to Laura Croft. Dude, shout yeah. out to Laura Croft. Y- your, your screenshots and everything, like, it is 100%. I am playing through the Crystal Dynamics trilogy, you know? And um uh, even with, even w- 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 with the announcement, too, that uh, the Netflix Tomb Raider show is, is carrying on that is carrying on that storyline i think it's really cool um so that's interesting as hell like i'm okay i I definitely want to see that show and what's a better way to you know have more incentive to play the trilogy you know and i've been itching for like an uncharted type of game you know so when that itch becomes uncontrollable i'm gonna just jump in i have three games to jump into you know it's it's a lot of fun i remember because the first Tomb Raider came out in 2013, the uh, of the reboot trilogy. Yeah. I 
it had come out, I think, a few days after my 13th birthday. And I go to my mom, because I'm 13 and have no money. And I was like, hey, can I use some of my birthday money to buy a game? And she's like, what game do you want to buy? Because my sister had tried to buy Saints Row, and the guy at GameStop totally snitched her out. Like, this, like, this game has shooting and killing and nudity, and it's like, don't let your kid buy the game. The GameStop employee did that? Yeah. Man, fuck that guy. Yeah, like, I remember <laughs> being a kid. Now. I remember being a kid. Is like, what a snitch. You uh, see it. I, like, we, my sister wanted Saints Row, and I wanted Dead Space 2. He snitched us both out. He's like, do not let your children play this game. It's like, okay, asshole. But that's a, a jailable offense to me. That's yeah. that's 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 life in prison. I had to Quite wait until awesome. I was sixteen to play Dead Space Two. Oof. And I I loved it, but I I don't know. Like I wish I played it when I wanted it, but that's a whole other story. So, uh, she, like I like she had like okay, I need to see a trailer of the game or whatever. And the trailer of the game. Like, has Laura immediately fall into some rebar? Jesus Christ. It's like, fuck. <laughs> and she's like, you're 13. You could, like, if you think this is too, like, if you don't think this is too strong for you, go ahead. And it's like, okay. So. Oh, okay, okay. So at the end of the day, I ended the up mom. Getting, yeah. Perfect. So. Shout out to, shout out to mom. Shout out to mom. But, mm. like, it, I remember playing it. And just being absolutely captivated by it. Like, it was a blast to play, like, way back when I was a kid. And I replayed it when Rise of the Tomb Raider came out. And it holds up well. Rise, I think, is my favorite out of the uh, out of the three. And Shadow of the Tomb Raider is a blast. Like, they're all such fun games. Like, they've got a lot more spectacle, I feel, than Uncharted. Like... Hmm. There's a lot of action sets, like big action pieces, where Tomb Raider goes a little more into the fantastical, or whereas Uncharted tries to keep itself a little more grounded. But both work well in their respective like stories and in their respective games. Like it all makes sense considering everything that's going on, and it's a blast. It it really does like scratch the adventuring itch that Uncharted can leave since we haven't gotten a new one since 2017 with Lost, Lost Legacy, if mm. I remember that correctly. I think it was 2017, yeah, because, wait, maybe 2016? No, 2016 no, was Uncharted 4. was Uncharted 4, yeah. I, yeah, because it, it came out the month I graduated high school, yeah. Super cool. Super, Super cool. cool. For sure. But, yeah, no. Shout out to Tomb Raider. I, I'm excited for the Netflix show, and I'd love to see another game. Also... Uh, put photo mode in more games, please. Mm, I agree. I agree. Ratchet and Clank Future, A Crack in Time. Okay? This has been told to you from multiple people. This is their favorite Ratchet and Clank game. <clears throat> I see the light. I see what they're talking about. It's a great game. Right? Listen, like, it, like the more and more I play, legit, the only stumble that the Ratchet and Clank franchise has had... In terms of, like, the main core line games. I, I know there's other games, like, you know, All for One and, like, a Tower Defense game and stuff like that. That, like, those are just, you know, 
just shows a side of like um, a side that was like, hey, you know, let's just put out as much Ratchet and Clank as possible instead of them doing what they're doing now, which is let's put out Ratchet and Clank games, right? Um, so if you don't put those other games into the mix, the main core Ratchet and Clank games, they are so good. Arachnite, it's like, it's, it's like unbelievable. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it's really unbelievable, like how just, they have fun stories, they have fun characters, they have fucking great gameplay. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it like, Ratchet and Clank is like one of the most feel-good games I've ever experienced. You know? Like, I would have loved to be a kid and played Ratchet and Clank. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it from watching the streams, it definitely exudes that, like that kind of energy. And I definitely. appreciate that. Like I I like I've from what I've talked about, like I love darker stories, I love stuff like that. But sometimes it it, it feels good to play a feel good game. It the only like I remember I remember when uh I had to write a a paper for uh oh somebody's driving aggressively outside oh yo this is a I, neighborhood I, <laughs> sir this is a residential neighborhood yeah this is a residential neighborhood please but i, I remember writing a paper uh, a few years ago in high school and i don't know like this, you know the meme of obama giving obama a medal this is me I doing do. that to me I remember Fire. writing something that, like, I don't, like, I was kind of just blanking out, and I reread my papers, like, wow, this is, I'm spitting a little bit, but, <laughs> um, playing, like, in, in, in the mix of depressing and dark narratives, which, which are great and valid, playing, playing or watching or reading something that specifically targets your better nature it's that feeling like you know when you're in a in like you're taking a test or whatever and the room is cold and you go outside to go to your next period or whatever it's like warm outside you know that feeling like mm -hmm. your body kind of like shifts it's like that it feels like kind of like you're warming yourself back up and that's what games like that are good for like it's fun and you know it's it's necessary in my opinion to you know just relax a little bit have some fun like kind of not take everything so seriously yeah it's it's just really great and like i'm loving the story that we're delving into you know um uh figuring out like more about ratchet's background and like um the general lombax i forgot his actual name the he definitely has a name like some with an a but the yeah. general lombax that um essentially is trying to right his wrongs and get back in with the lombax society if you will you know what i'm saying um from him being outcasted from a from a mistake he made or just a a a shortcoming he made and then clank having this like really interesting and him being more fleshed out as more than just like off of the back of ratchet like in the shadow of ratchet you know clank is like sending up on his own two feet and like doing things himself that is really interesting like it's just really cool to see these two characters grow you know and like it's fucking great man i love it i i i really 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 love it so 
we're still streaming that on the channel you can check it out if you missed the first two streams public playlist on the channel to go check it out youtube.com so it's in the source of course um you can check out it there but i do gotta talk about another game that i did not play on playstation however i did play on my switch because you know my my switch is for indies that i like right because um i don't know man like my my switch is always docked in my bed i have my pro control not docked in my bed but it's docked in my dock near my bed or whatever like the nightstand um, it's near yeah 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 and uh i always just like to play a switch game on my pro controller laying in bed you know um it's while i t i typically play playstation games at my desk you know it's just a weird stupid thing that i do but like whatever right so um cyber shadow okay i was talking to you about it last week you know uh, you were bagging on me, saying, oh, it's not that difficult, Kev, and then, uh, you know what I'm saying? GG, like, get good, Kev, ah, da, da, right? Damn. And I took man. that shit to heart, okay? I took that shit to heart. <laughs> I'm gonna read, um, I'm gonna read you my stats when I finally, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I fucking beat Cyber Shadow, and it was the most, it was one of the best moments I've had in games in a, in a very, very long time, okay? I died... 1,219 times. Yeah. 1,219 times. It took me 27 hours and 39 seconds to be Cyber Shadow. And let me... Listen. Listen, man. There was a lot of trials and tribulations. I'm not going to lie. Okay? There was a lot of trials and tribulations. But I did not want to come to another Safe Slot podcast without beating this fucking game. And... The amount of, like, I did the biggest exhale once I beat that final boss, man. Because, honestly, the final boss isn't even really that bad. It's just the lead-up to that is, like, fucking insane. Like, this game will give you some, like, impossible fucking task, right? And then immediately right after, we'll give you another impossible task. Like, this game does not hold back. And at the end of the day, right, I went through a lot of trials and tribulations, as I said before, right? This game was hard. However, I respect this fucking game. This game is fucking amazing, okay? Like, currently right now, in, in February 13th, right now, it is my game of the year for 2021. 100%. 100%. It is, it is a tough game. At the end of the day, I fucking respect it. I fucking respect it. You know? Um, I loved it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to, to see like everything that you've mentioned in the final boss. But something that I remembered is... Um, did you check how many deaths you had at the end of Ghost Runner? Oh, um, uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but I don't remember, but I definitely died way more in this game than, than Ghost Runner. Ghost Runner, Ghost Runner is a, a whole different world easier than Cyber Shadow, at least to me, you know, at least I personally felt that way for sure, no, but yeah. I forgot off the top of my head. Yeah, no, so I had a friend who played uh, Ghost Runner. And he had like fourteen hundred deaths. Mm. Mm. It like so it's like 
it it happens. <laughs> like twelve hundred, like does like with everything going on in Cyber Shadow, that's honestly a respectable number. And then here's the thing too, like there were those times, Arachnite, where like I'm at a section, it's give me a hard time, right? And you know the first part of the section, but the second half, you're still trying to learn, right? Yeah. And because you're trying to learn that second half, you want to put yourself in the best possible scenario to last as long as possible in that second half to learn more intel and get better, right? Like, that's how I break down hard games. Like, that's how I personally do it. I just break it down in the sections, get this 100%. If I fuck up on the first part of a section and I know I can do that without taking a hit, I just kill myself and restart. Yeah, no, like... Yeah, that's what I've... That's what I do a lot in those type of games. You know what I'm saying? And I was doing it a lot here in Cyber Shadow. I'm not saying, like, a thousand of them were, were those deaths, but I'd say maybe, like, 70, 80, maybe around 100 of those were, were probably me just running off stage to start over, you know? Yeah, no, there's a... I, I, I definitely do the same thing, where it's like, why, why make the second part harder than it is? Might as well just restart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... It's, it's it's nice to see that difficult games are kind of getting their, like a resurgence almost, because the two thousand tens, those were some baby ass games. Mm. Talk to him. Like talk it, to him. It, it. I don't know. I I don't feel like a lot of the games in the two thousand tens were very difficult, which is fine for people that don't want to challenge. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know me, I always love a good challenge. Like, I love seeing what I can do and if I can overcome it. So, it, it's nice to see that things are, you know, kind of shifting, like, different categories of games. Like, say, hey, this game is just if you want to chill out. Or this game is if you want to really test yourself, like Cyber Shadow. Or, I don't know. It, because it's always, it's always fun to see how far you've come. Because I, I, I was playing... Uh, I was playing Doom yesterday. So I was, um, oh, there we go. There we go. So I was playing. I was playing some Doom, and I was playing the campaign again on Nightmare. And it's like, wow, Nightmare ain't shit anymore. <laughs> Damn. After playing uh, the Master levels, and the DLC, on Nightmare and Ultra Nightmare. Yeah, the base campaign on Nightmare ain't shit anymore. Like, I was going through encounters not taking any damage. Yeah, I mean, dude, like, and on top of the fucking soundtrack in Cyber Shadow, some of the animation work, not animation, I guess, but, like, the... Pixel art? Um, yeah, yeah, but, like, I mean, like, specifically the, like, cutscenes that happen at the very end of the game arachnite is some of the most beautiful work i've ever seen like it dude i bro it is fucking this game is fucking amazing it is incredible you know i loved it like yes i had a hard time with it you know what i'm saying yes it was very very challenging but your boy stuck through it and uh it a game hasn't given me that satisfaction in a very very long time you know, so shout out to that. And like, hey, you know, perhaps last thing I'll say, perhaps it, it it gives me a little hope. 
with with uh, Bloodborne, you know, that I may I may be able to. I do want to ask you though, like once you beat Cyber Shadow, let me know what did you think was honestly harder, Cyber Shadow or Bloodborne? Definitely let me know that. You know what I'm saying? You're but, just trying to gauge it to see. Cause, I want to get yeah, yeah be, because if if Bloodborne is gonna be like Cyber Shadow, I need to prepare myself for that. You know. Because I didn't have a lot of prep going into Cyber Shadow. I wasn't hearing that it was incredibly hard. And it is, you know what? It is going to be a little bit, um, you know, an interesting revelation. If you beat it and you don't think it, or at least can't see the lens of where I think this was like incredible. I'll say it. I think Cyber Shadow is probably the hardest game I've ever played. Hmm. I think that might be a fact. I think, you know, um, certainly in the top three. Um, so I definitely want to hear your thoughts for sure. I, I'm excited to like, I'm uh, like, just to see your reactions. Oh yeah. Cyber shadow compared to bloodborne cakewalk. Yeah. If you say that I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really feel a type of way that, (laughs) um, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's going to be quite interesting as I'll put it. Um, but, but besides all that, of course, Arachnid PS5 watch. Arachnid, how are we doing on the PS5 watch? Bad. Hey, we 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 had some links this week, you know? We did have um, some links. None of them worked. Unfortunately, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but but I do have a story that is connected to the whole scalping situation. And I, I thought this would be quite interesting to specifically bring up in the Arachnid PS5 watch, okay? So, uh, there were some scalpers that were, uh, I believe interviewed by Forbes. I believed. Yes. Yes. Uh, so this comes to us from Pushquare. Once again, link below in the description. I want to read a few quotes about what these scalpers are saying about the whole situation. Okay, Arachnite? Here we go. Quote, there seems to be a lot of bad press on this incredible, wait, let me start over. There seems to be a lot of bad press on this incredibly valuable industry, and I do not feel that it is justified. All we are acting as is a middleman for limited quantity items. Tesco, for example, buys milk from farmers for 26p or so per liter and sells it on for upwards of 70p per liter. No one ever seems to complain to the extent as they are currently doing towards ourselves. (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> so so uh you know um these scalpers arachnite um you know they they uh you know feel that we shouldn't um Fuck be giving them uh, any 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 negative backlash as someone that is directly being affected multiple times a week by these scalpers. Do you have any comments on this? Thank you for emphasizing someone who takes multiple L's a week. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> damn. I mean, look, I mean, to be fair, I've been taking L's. I'm trying to get other people PS5s as well in my life. It is not going well either. Well, it's it's, it's definitely not going well. They're okay. I'm going to give like so in, in the comparison that he said, he is buying from the producers at a markup. We we as the consumer have to go through a lot more like hurdles in order to get 
milk from directly from the farms and there are ways to do that it's just whether a preference or not if you want to do that but the options there there's no milk shortage from the farmers it's like oh we can't sell you that because we're already promising to sell it to the big company you are comparing yourself to the big company that is pasteurizing and taking care of the milk and mass and like and allowing it to be sold at you know stores all over the world you are comparing yourself to that at a markup but the argument is fundamentally flawed because there's no there's no trade-off the only person that you're negatively affecting is the people that you say you're trying to sell to you're you're limiting it's it's like the toilet paper situation you are hoarding it in order to make a profit or with antibiotics and things like that you are hoarding it to make a profit you are limiting the supply the the, the demand is constant you are limiting the supply available to other people in order to take as much money as you possibly can like there is nothing that they're doing that is it's like oh like this is coming from pure intentions or whatever no it's greedy it is fundamentally greedy it is it is selfish and the the argument in which they're making is like oh it's you know we're just doing what other people do you're which, not a like, big company it's it's beyond me because I never thought we'd be comparing um, milk cartons that cost at what at at max what like a few bucks four a few four or five and I understand the value of a dollar right I understand that 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 you know perhaps there are people out there of course it's, it definitely occurs that they can't afford a gallon of milk I understand that right I'm not I'm not trying to say that like uh, you know milk is cheap as hell but in comparison to a $500 console you know what you're doing yeah like it, you know what you're doing but so stop it, 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 it it's almost like if they had the ability to buy it directly from the warehouses where or the factories where PS5s are being made that's different but the consoles are all the consoles are sold to distributors to retailers that is a very good point. Okay, I see. I see the pay. Damn, you're so intelligent, Arachnite. Damn, I see that. I'm I, dumb as I, shit. <laughs> I just hit. I, I see that oil painting you're painting, and I like it. Go like, ahead, sir. Go ahead. So the the consoles are sold to, to retailers. So you go from Sony warehouses and Sony factories to retailers, and these people, using bots or however they do it are mass hoarding consoles in order to sell for an egregious profit because I went on eBay just to look just to see how just to see how they're doing the the worst one I saw was $1800 hmm. a hmm. over a 300% profit on the console not counting taxes and all that but just base $500 over three times the cost and some of them I saw were $900 the average was about 900 to to $1,000 mm. 
You were trying to make double the profit by double the cost of what you know what other people would pay in order to get your in order to get this console, and you were limiting the supply in which these people can get them for themselves because you're a lazy piece of shit and you want a quick buck. Yeah, and like I like what you said as well in terms of like when in the milk category, right? Yeah, there are companies that buy milk from the farmers to then sell for themselves in stores, right? Yeah. But like like you said, hypothetically speaking, you could go directly to a farmer and buy milk from them if you really wanted to, right? That, in essence, you have multiple options of getting said milk, right? Yeah, but these people... I, yeah, like yeah. you... Like, as, as a scalper, you are never... Like, you don't have the option to go to the warehouse and buy a PS5. No. Yeah, they... You... Yeah, you bought from a retailer. So, in essence, you're just making less options, which is the main problem of this whole thing. Yeah, like, there's less options to get a PS5 right now. They're creating a funnel in, in which that they, like... They, it starts out wide, like, at the top of the funnel. And it narrows itself down to as little as they can possibly get it. If they had the opportunity, they would choke it out. It's like, the only way to get a PS5 is through us. And for a lot of people, that's the harsh reality of the situation. Like, for people like me. I've tried to get in PSQs. I've tried to... I've had, I've had a tab open on my phone and on my computer for a digital and a, uh, and a disc-based PS5. And I couldn't get it. And that's fine. That's like that's just unlucky on my part. I got there more than an hour away. If you see more than an hour, in my experience, it's it's Gigi. Yeah, like I mean, and I would like to bet, and probably like to assume that like more people, more consumers that are actually looking for a PS5 and not scalpers, right, are getting better luck at Sony Direct as opposed to like a Walmart or Target. Because like, why would Walmart and Target? police scalpers like they're still getting the money no, they're they, buying them no but they they are like they're walmart i've walmart and best buy have been a lot more cautious in when it comes to scalpers not as much as sony can directly but they're they're doing more steps like you can order only order one console per address or whatever mm. Mm. so they're they're definitely trying their best to mitigate it because that the the PS5 was the second time something like that had happened. The the first being the Nvidia and the uh, the uh, AMD graphics cards because that was also something that I wanted to get and I couldn't. I still can't. Like I I was awake right at launch. Less than a minute. Gone. Oh man. And it's. Like my, my last thoughts on the whole scalper comparison with the Forbes interview. I I've made my case in an argumentative fashion. Like I've I've I don't agree with what you're saying. I think your argument is fundamentally flawed. It's it's selfish. It's self entitled. You're, they're victimizing themselves. It's like why are people why are people mad at me for being a piece of shit? I'm not being a piece of shit, even though they are. But it's <sighs> go fuck yourself 
Yeah, like, I mean, like, it may not be that, like, they're doing anything illegal, because I don't think they are doing anything illegal, as far as I'm aware. But you are doing something that's, like, morally an, a dick move. Like, yeah. that's just facts. Like, you are morally not doing the right thing. Yeah, it's... Like, legally, there's nothing wrong, but ethically... Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's questionable at best. Fuck you, at worst. Like, it, <laughs> it's, it's just... Oh, my God. Stop. Listen, I want a console. <laughs> I have another fuck you to make. You know what? I don't. I'm not gonna say fuck you to this specific story because I love this franchise and I, like, and I, and I love this game. Okay, uh, we're gonna roll into the episode five stories here mainly. Start off with this one thing, okay? So this was bubbling throughout the week. This is what made me made that Final Fantasy VII remake uh, a PS5 patch DLC video, and because we got this quote here from the one of the directors, uh, sorry, the co-director of the remake. Final Fantasy VII Remake specifically, Toriyama, okay? He said this on Twitter. This is translated into English, quote, In addition to the performance, which, damn it, I keep forgetting the performance. Long story short, they're doing a Final Fantasy VII Remake Orchestra World Tour. It happened in Japan as of this recording last night. And this is what he said about the performance. Quote, In addition to the performance, we have a special program planned at, we have a, we, we have a special program planned as well. There will be a few things related to Final Fantasy VII Remake that will only be revealed at this concert. So I got fucking excited as fuck, right? Because, okay, we're we're gonna have Remake news. That could be a PS5 patch. That could be a PS5 version. If it's a PS5 version, Arachnid, I promise you, if they come out and say, hey, PS5 version, we're not gonna do a free upgrade. You gotta buy it for $70. Arachnid, I'm fucking buying it three times. Like, I don't care. You know, yeah. if it was $300, I would buy it. I, I don't care the price. Just give me it. I was definitely going to buy it on PC when it when it got moved over. Right, right. Move over. Like, I was, I was absolutely going to do that because photo mode. <laughs> Let me get some of those yeah. nice shots. It, it, unless those backgrounds haven't been fixed, then never mind. Yeah, they they definitely gotta yeah do some uh, more up uh, more more high res textures for sure. But besides all that, l- literally there I am at a point where FF Seven Remake and anything else beyond it, anything else associated with it is priceless. I will pay it. I don't care, right? Uh, so you know they said that there was gonna be some announcements and stuff like that. Approximately nothing was said. Nothing was actually announced. And, like, I'm not saying I'm mad. I am incredibly hurt. <laughs> like, I I woke up this morning. Okay, hey, what's the news? Even on the dock, I wrote myself a note. Hey, replace this with what was actually announced. And nothing was announced. <laughs> so, like, I'm not... I'm not saying I'm mad, Square Enix. I'm not saying I'm mad. I'm disappointed. I am very incredibly hurt. Like, this is some true heartbreak, you know? But it's okay. I'll be patient. I'll be patient. It's okay. Because there, 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 there will be a time where we will talk about more info. And I cannot fucking wait. You know what I'm saying? But uh, it's okay. It's cool. It's all right. You know? it's, it's all right. I... I don't know. I remember 
remember how you and I were planning on going to the like the concert in September? Oh, <laughs> I do. I like do. I, it was it God was the it. it was the night of Comic Con or like the second night of Comic Con. And my plan, I had a whole weekend set up. I was ready. I had saved up money. Like I was good to go. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to Comic Con on Friday. I'm gonna go back to my hotel room. I'm gonna get showered, change. We're gonna go to the concert. We're gonna cry. We're gonna cry. We're gonna we're gonna be super excited and like you know. Feel, like get into it and then these people couldn't stay inside and they took it from me <laughs> they took it from us it's just like listen Toriyama listen I respect you okay I should be saying Toriyama-san right is that how you address a higher up uh, of authority I like no, no no like like I, I'm being dead ass like is that like the Usted, in like Spanish, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I know, I know what you're saying. I should I say that? Is that wrong? I my rule of thumb is if I'm not absolutely sure, you right. do it. <laughs> let me, let me, uh, let me not. Okay, let me not. Um, I'll just say Toriyama. But if it's if if Toriyama-san is a better way of addressing that, sure. I respect you, nonetheless. Okay, good sir. But how in the fuck do you say we have a special program planned where we're going to announce stuff and then just don't? How does that happen, Sway? How does that happen, Sway? You know? It's, it's okay, though. It's okay. I'm not I'm not mad. I'm just hurt. But I'll live. It's okay. It's all good. Next up here. E3 2021. It's rumored to be happening still, but there is a caveat there. Uh, they've been uh, they. This was reported from uh, Video Game Chronicle, uh, which which they've been doing a lot of uh, reporting. So you know, I, I'm gonna keep a little bit of a closer eye to them because they've been they've been getting some scoops lately. If it's true. But uh, they say here, quote: The ESA's intention is to hold multiple two-hour keynote sessions for games partners and award shows uh, in June. Uh, as well as a June 14th preview night and other smaller streams from game publishers, influencers, and and media partners, the broadcast event would be supplemented by media previews this week, the the week before, as well as demos released on consumer platforms. According to the ESA's proposal, the only problem is that uh, they are saying that they are having some issues getting a lot of big publishers on board. Um, a lot of it is, I would assume, because last year. We had a lot of uh, publishers do their own events, which for them turned out great for us. It was very exhausting to keep up with all the news, but that was a real thing that happened, you know? Um, along with uh, the ESA is still charging like around the same rates as if they would for a normal year of E3, right? Which is upwards of six figures. And it's like, from what I've heard, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I've heard it's like the higher end of the six figures um, that you could have, which like, I don't think, a like, like, if it was still going on, like, in, in person, I can understand that, right? Having booth space and all that and, like, et cetera, but for it to be completely digital, that is just fucking absurd. Um... So, 
Yeah, and then in like a, I guess we can kind of co-op both of these stories. Um, Jeff Keighley did announce that Summer Game Fest is happening. So that is still going to be a thing this summer. We'll be definitely looking into that over the summer months and all that. But overall, E3 is in a, in a, in a dire situation. Summer Game Fest is still treading on. Do you have any thoughts, Arachnite? E3 has been on the downward slope for years. And it's it's a shame to see, definitely. Because I remember being younger and like my dream was to go to E3. Even though for a consumer, it's kind of miserable. Because it's just you're you're in a tight area with a bunch of like having to wait in line to play games. One, two. It smells like sweat. Mm. And three. No, that's all I got. But I, I, Summer Games Fest really came up and said, you know, like Daniel and the cooler Daniel. E three's Daniel and Summer Games Fest is the cooler Daniel. It's I, I, I believe it's time to say goodbye to E three. Mm. As, uh, as sad as it is to say, like, it, it, I don't know. Like, it, it feels like it's run its course, and that's a shame. Like, there's nothing that E3 does that Summer Games Fest can't do, especially in the climate that we live in currently. I feel like it would just be redundant. And a lot of big names have pulled out of E3. Like, Sony hasn't showed up in a while like, didn't Microsoft not show up, like, last year? Um, no. No, no, no. They were still in E3, even like, even like the last traditional year of it. Yeah, yeah. That was a big deal, because, like, they were the, they were, they had E3 to themselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I remember that being, being a big deal as well, but. Yeah, it's, I think companies are starting to realize that it's not profitable to to do E3 anymore or it's not like it's not worthwhile for their investment when they could just put all of that into Summer Games Fest or do it themselves like Nintendo Direct it's like why would we pay someone else to say the news that we could just do on our Twitter or on our on our YouTube channel they just do it ourselves and yeah. cut out the middleman because People are passionate, like, about Nintendo. Like, if Nintendo says they're going to do a Direct, a, a million people are going to watch it. They cut out the middle band, and they still get the news coverage because the people that report the news are going to put it out there, and then everybody's going to know about what they're doing. So, why bother? You do it during the you do it during the summer, or you do it with Games Fest, or you do it by yourself. And the only person you need to worry about is you, your company, and what you're doing and the message that you need to say. It's not how many people are going to go to E3, how much money do we need to spend to get representatives out there to talk about our game. Like, like how I, I don't know how about the inner machinations of how to get a booth and to talk about it. I know indie game devs suffer, which is which is tragic. Like that's that's something that's not as easily accounted for in in these online broadcasts and my heart goes out to the indie devs that are struggling to get their games out there 
I don't have an immediate solution or an idea on how to resolve that. But all I can do is offer my sympathies and know that people are looking for indie games. Like, that it's not just my game is never going to get coverage. But for the time being, my sympathies. But for the bigger names, yeah, I think... The only place that E3 still holds any value is for the indie game devs. But other than that, I think it's run its course. Yeah. And, like, E3, what I've heard from, like, industry people, um, that it's a really great way to network, you know, obviously, right? Like, like there's a lot of, uh, you know, behind closed doors deals that get made, that get made due to E3 and everyone being in the physical place at one time um and you know like like maybe uh you know ff7 remake wouldn't have been exclusive to playstation for a year if it wasn't for an e3 backdoor deal that makes sense you know what i'm yeah. saying like yeah. like those 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 things just happen at at e3 um and yeah like obviously i feel like it was nearly every kid's dream that watched e e3 as a kid you know, um, to go to E3 someday, because I know it was definitely mine for sure. I I was killing the go, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. It's all good. And like you and like for for those, I think that like E3 is ever gonna come back, at least the same way it has been traditionally. Sony has to the play. Microsoft has its own thing that I forgot what it was, but but they have something like that. Um, EA has their own thing. Ubisoft has their own thing. Jeff Keighley literally has summer games on top of game awards, on top of Gamescom opening night live. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, even like from like a smaller scale for like those, um, uh, indie games as well, you know, kind of funny showcase, you know, that they, they have been trying to do that as well. Like there are so many other avenues that when it used to be E3, now it's a lot more right um which for better for worse it is what it is you know what i'm saying but um but yeah so e3 it's been lit but i don't think you're coming back unfortunately but and we have these next two topics that kind of go into each other pretty easily obviously uh we did get the casting for the last of us tv show on hbo of course the the last of Us series ellie has been casted um, as this 17-year-old named Bella Ramsey. Um, she was on the, of course, HBO hit show Game of Thrones for her role as Liana Mormont. I think it's a good place. Yeah. Liana Mormont um, in Game of Thrones. I have not seen Game of Thrones. Have you seen Game of Thrones or Rack Knight? Nope. Okay. So we both have no... Uh, way of knowing if she's a good actor or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, now I'm kind of keen on, like, to go and search up scenes where she's in and kind of, like, get a feel for her acting. I know I'm not going to get a full view because I don't want to watch Game of Thrones, but at least get a little, a little something and see. Um, but overall, hey, listen, above all else, right, who, whoever they cast, which we will talk about Joel because holy fucking shit, right? But from this specific casting, Ellie's standpoint, um, Bella Ramsey, right? I may not know how good her acting ability is, but I do know that Neil Druckmann 
has involvement in this game to i mean sorry in this series to a pretty high degree right like he is one of the writers on this series so i have to assume that at least neil was somewhat involved in the casting picks maybe right so that's why at the end of the day neil Druckmann, right like the last of us is neil Druckmann's baby you know like 100 percent right that is the like if there's one person to tie to the last of us it is neil Druckmann. so if he somewhat gave this okay then bella ramsey has to be good and Druckmann has to have seen something in her to evoke ellie uh in live action so i'm excited for it i'm excited i'm excited to see what to see how she does for sure but uh of course in tandem motherfucking pedro pascal is fucking joel let's go let's go let's go let's go i had never thought about pedro pascal as joel but now it's like oh my god absolutely absolutely let's get it let's get it so how do you feel about these two castings Pedro Pascal plays another single dad. On another escort mission. On another escort mission. Like... Yeah. My man out here. He, like... I feel like... The Mandalorian... Really just... You know how some... Some actor... Like, some actors, like... They... They're stuck... Almost... It's like, oh, this guy's always the villain... Or this guy's always the hero, or whatever. Or this guy's always the wisecracker. Like Chris, Chris Pine is always like the wise guy. Yeah. Like I, I feel like the Mandalorian has really solidified uh, Pedro Pascal as. Do we need someone to be a single dad? <laughs> Call Pedro. Escort a- mission. Escort Call mission. Pedro. Call Pedro. He's a remarkable Pedro. actor. Like everything he's in is excellent. He always, always does an excellent job with whatever he does and i'm 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 very excited to see what they do with it i like 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 you mentioned i uh i'm not familiar with bella ramsey so i can't make a comment on that but i do know pedro pascal and i do know the quality of uh neil jerkman's writing and his passion for the last of us so I'm definitely excited to see what they do and how they'll do it. So only only high hopes here. Like I'm I think it'll be a great time. Yeah, man. Like like I've been I've been telling uh, you know, my aunt and like my mom and stuff like that, like, hey, like I know you guys aren't in the games, right? But like I do want you guys to watch the Last of Us HBO series, you know, because I'm just curious as to how it translates to a person that is not is not aware of the games right i'm very very curious to see how it actually uh imprints on them as a series you know i'm very very curious um number one but uh number two now our boy joel is a fucking hispanic which is lit as fuck let's Let's go go. another w let's get it popping there were also those rumors um about mahershala ali being joel which i would have been down for i would have been down you know I I I would have been down for that as well, but Pedro, I'm really happy about it. I can't wait to see how it goes. Um, and are we doing a 
are we are we are, are we doing a like after show like for the series dead. yeah bro are we are we gonna fucking do that shit we'll talk because i'm it. down yeah i'm down i'm gonna i'm gonna wear a suit every episode you know <laughs> we'll get we'll get we'll get an actor from the show to Oh my god, can you fucking imagine? Listen, cuz here's the thing, right? We we got to be the biggest after show for The Last of Us HBO series. You know, I think that like there is a gap there that we can fill that we can capitalize on and and you know, uh we were already the biggest Last of Us Part 2 podcast, right? Not that bullshit official one that PlayStation did and neither did. No, fuck that. Nah. We were. We were the first ones. Alright? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They were a little late. So, yeah. So, why not do it twice? Why not do it twice? Last news here before we get to the main topic. Ariana Grande. Right? Which, you know, be before we even get to anything else. Full full stop on just Ariana Grande. Can we get a shout out to Ariana Grande one time? Big fan, big fan. I don't listen to her music that much, but big just fan. I, I don't as, really do what you, I don't know what you do. <laughs> I don't. I don't, do. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I I don't listen to her music that much. You know what I'm saying? I know the hits, right? I'm, I'm down with it for sure. But just as a as a physical person, as a physical woman, if you will. Shout out to Ariana Grande. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just, I just say that. You know, big fan, big fan. Shout out to Wonder. She was great on Victorious. Fucking loved her on Victorious. Funny as fuck. You know. Didn't Shout out to Victorious. Gonna be real. You, you, you didn't watch it? I didn't watch it. Dude, listen. I, it's on Netflix. I will stand by it. I will stand by this quote. Victorious is a top three sitcom we had growing up. It uh, hit a little bit late for us. I get it. You know, we were we were a little bit old, like we were in middle school, perhaps high school. You know, but that is some quality quality humor. I swear. I gotta ask you one question to go know ahead, what kind ahead. of person you are. Oh, here we go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sweet life, of Zach and Cody, or sweet life okay. on deck. Zach and Cody, come on, man. Agreed. You, do you like on deck more? No, I said agreed. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, no. On Deck was definitely, like, it was serviceable, but it was not as good as being at the Tipton Hotel, you know? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tipton Hotel, yeah, yeah. Shout out to that. But she uh, was uh, doing some sort of interview, I think, or, or, or something like that, or, like, some sort of, like, Q&A, and uh, um, someone asked her about, I guess, a particular line in uh a in a song of hers called six wait six thirty where uh she says that like she she like plays games until 2 a.m or something like that um and she said like yeah like you know as i was writing that song i was thinking more of like um a like mario game or like you know those those you know games that um are are pretty well known to the average consumer and the average gamer Right, like not not the hardcore, you know what I'm saying? But then she did a deep cut and brought up Sackboy, which I would I would consider low key more of a deep cut than Mario. Right, Sackboy's big, but you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, she she has beat Sackboy a big adventure before me. 
And I just got to give her props, you know? She, 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 I hope she's satisfied with the dual sense. I would love her thoughts in the dual sense, you know? Those haptic feedbacks, those adaptive triggers, you know? But I thought, you know, I would, I just thought that was pretty cool, you know? Does she have the platinum trophy? I have a lot of questions. If you'd like to come on the show to talk video games, feel free. Listen, and and if you don't think I'm clipping this out and putting it on Twitter, I am, right? Hi, Twitter. I am clipping this out. Um, so I'm going to use this to just arachnite, if I may. I would like to extend the open invitation to Ariana Grande to be on Save Slot and talk about Sackboy Big Adventure. We don't have um, any coverage about Sackboy. I haven't played it yet. I don't have a I PS5. would love for her to... Yeah, yeah. Also, okay. Arachnid does not have a PS5. That's that's also I, a thing. Wait, no, but can I get it on PS4? Uh, can you? Actually, I I think you can. Like, um, let me... I don't know. If we had... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. If we had a big name like that coming on the show, it's like, yeah, in two weeks, uh, Ariana Grande is going to be on the show. I'd buy it from a scalper. <laughs> <laughs> it it's is like, on PS4. It like, is on PS4. If, if you told me that we had somebody, like, coming on, it's like, oh, okay. Like, uh, I don't know, Yuri Lowenthal is coming to talk about uh, Spider-Man 2 and wants our thoughts on Miles Morales on PS5 and exclusively PS5, I buy from a scalper. Listen. It's my only, it is my only <laughs> exception. Here's here's the law I'll say, right? Because I know that Ari's listening to this, you know what I'm saying? Shut Ari, can I, can I, can I, can I call you Ari? You know what? I won't. Can I call, you know what? <laughs> I'm not gonna, I, I'm not gonna call her Ari yet, but Ariana, excuse me. My, my, you know, I'm, 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 I'm jumping the gun on these, on these, on these short, uh, uh, you know, uh, nicknames, if you will, right? Ariana, Miss Grande, right? Um, I'm not saying we've had any big names on here, but we have been tweeted by Yuri Lowenthal. I do have a Twitter I do have a Twitter interaction with him, right? Chelsea Tavares. We had that as well, you know. Like you could be the All I'm saying is I just want to hear what you thought about Sackboy a, a, a big adventure. And uh if you want to outlet to express your thoughts on it because clearly you like the game. You you were playing at 2 a.m. right? That has to mean something. So, I mean, hey, if you would like to express your thoughts about Sackboy, A Big Adventure, Ariana Grande, you have an open invitation here on, on Save Stop Podcast. Open invitation. Is that okay, Arachna? Can I extend her an open invitation to Save Stop Podcast? Feel free. Okay. Well, I will uh, be hearing back from your PR agents, I assume, at some point. You know? I know you're furiously sending this tweet out to them, but uh, hopefully we can have you on the show because... Uh, I also um, think you're great. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, and you're already stuttering. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, th- I think you're great. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. Happy va- Speaking of happy Valentine's Day, you know what I'm saying? Um, oh, wait. I mean, yo, be- before we get off it, aren't the Grande song... Um, the like uh, number plus number that equals uh, sixty nine, you know what I'm saying? You know I'm talking about like thirty four plus thirty five. I think it is. It I is thirty four plus thirty five. Listen to that song. That song's fucking hot, man. That's a bop. It's a bop. It's like hot in like all the ways of hot. 
you know, it's a good one. I definitely implore you to listen to it after this. But question of the week. Of course, this is being uploaded and published on Valentine's Day. Uh, <laughs> we're a couple of single bachelors here, you know what I'm saying? We're talking you about know? video games. I don't think anybody's surprised. That is true, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, that is very, very true, you know? Uh, 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 whenever I get the, uh, you know, the Tinder match here and there, right? I usually say that, hey, I cover PlayStation and podcasts as, like, one of the last things I see, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> but um, I figured let's double down, right? And let's have a nice discussion about the... Uh, couples of PlayStation history in games, right? We've had a lot of couples. This list I have here is not does not have to be the the main list, right? Like I'm sure there's others that I missed, right? Because I feel like I'm missing other couples in PlayStation history. But I figure we just you know just 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 brainstorm Arachnid, like how we feel about these couples. You know what I'm saying? Um. Jesus, it's windy yeah. outside. My blinds just slam shut. Did you hear that? I did not. I did not. Like, I they just not. slammed shut. Yeah, I know it was windy yesterday, and I was checking the weather today, and it's going to be windy again um, later on in the day, but I did not see it. I did not. I did not. I mean, like, I'm looking outside. The trees look to be stable. They, they There is some movement, but it's 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 not too much, you know? Agreed. I guess we'll start. Arachnite, do you have a favorite couple? It can be on this list or not, but like, do you have a particular PlayStation couple that you like? You know, I, I, I can tell you like one couple in this list that I particularly like. Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, whenever I think PlayStation couple, it's it's Nate and Elena. I mean, if we keep it in the buck, they're they're at the top for a reason. Yeah, like the the the, the first couple that you think of when you think PlayStation couples, but Cloud and Aerith, I get to live vicariously. You you, you don't want to say the the bottom one. You you you, you don't want to. That's the intro. That that's the outro. You know, I'll, I'll, I I I I I think there's one above it. Um. I don't know if perhaps your Google Doc is, is uh, <laughs> a little bit glitched or, or uh, you know. No. Nope. Oh, 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 interesting. <laughs> <laughs> interesting, interesting. No, um, Listen, he, okay, let's just get right into the cloud thing, okay? Let's just, let's, listen. Let's Chad, get that out of listen. the way. Ultimately, Nate and Elena are, like, the number one. Like, yeah. that's the elite, wholesome couple right there. You know what I'm saying? You you see them go through struggles. You e- they like even allude to like some sort like in Uncharted Three. It was never said, but like they spent some time apart in between Uncharted Two and Uncharted Three in terms of like a potential like breakup or maybe like broken off engagement or something like that. Like there was some troubles there, and then of course we see in Uncharted Four they go through issues there. Like there are there. They're, I think, the best couple because not only do you see, like, the best, you you see the worst, and they have a very happy ending at the end of Uncharted 4. You know what I'm saying? So, Nate and Lana for sure number one. That's the, that's just facts. Yeah, right? they they separated in Uncharted, in Uncharted 3. They were separated because, yeah. remember, 
Elena had a ring. It is true. And, like, they they were at least engaged, if not married. But they got formally married that we saw in Uncharted 4. But yeah. It's... And a lot of the issues are because of Nate. <laughs> that is facts. Like, uh, the whole relationship conflict in Uncharted 4 that Elena even says is like, I wasn't sure even I was coming back this time. Yeah. Oh, man. Uncharted 4 is fucking great. Yeah, she thought about leaving him because of his, like, recklessness and selfishness. And she didn't. Like, Elena's a a ride or die. Like, she's there. No, you you know what? We're going to pause the cloud and TV thing. Hold on, hold on. So I'm going to say one last thing that like really solidifies why I think Nathan Drake and Elena are the best couple in PlayStation history, right? So um, I tweeted about this recently, but in Uncharted 4, there is a cutscene that I think it's called like the 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 dining hall cutscene or something like that, right? Yeah, I saw It's towards that. the end half of the game. When um, I'm already getting chills because, like, I fucking like long long story short, this is my favorite cutscene, I think of all time. Still, it's um, they're they're trying to figure out what happened to James Avery and the whole band of pirates that were Avery? at, huh? Isn't it Henry Avery? Why did I say James Avery? I don't know. I think it is. I think it is Henry. Why did I say James Avery? Yeah, it is Henry Avery. Why the fuck did I say James Avery? Whatever. Henry Avery, right? Um Yeah, and 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 what 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 happened to the other pirates at Lipperdalia where uh you know they were hoarding all their treasure and all that. And um Nate is breaking down this dining hall that has a bunch of corpses in chairs, right? With all the pirates' names on them. And so he's explaining to Elena, like, oh man, and like, oh, uh, Henry probably, you know, invited them all over for a feast, like, to make amends and, like, and, like, have this camaraderie. And, like, he's explaining what happened. And the cutscene just focuses on Elena and her facial expressions on what I interpreted as, as, like, her finally coming to terms after all these years, after all these games, who Nathan Drake is at his core. Right, like I think that was the one cutscene that completely shifts and lays a pipeline to what Elena does at the end of the game, right? And like, when you love a person, right? Like, at at there 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 has to be like a ringing bell scenario, right? Maybe this happens early, maybe this happens later, but like there comes a time when you truly see that person. For who they are like undebatable right sometimes that's good sometimes it's bad right but like i think that in this moment we see elena have that have that revelation that look nate is a lot of things but at nate's core he loves the adventure right like he loves chasing history he is an explorer like like that's who nate is at his you know and like I think that cutting just does such a brilliant job at like showing that it's it's my favorite so like 
like reflecting on that cutscene and like thinking about you know their first interaction on the boat in Uncharted One, where Elena is trying to shoot this you know TV show and like, Nate just being like a hot shot, whatever. Like going from that to Uncharted Four, it's like fucking incredible. So yeah. Nate and Elena for sure are the top ones, absolutely. Yeah, the the growth between each other and individually is is incredible. Like seeing Nate's characterization change, like he's still like the wise cracking, like smart ass, but he matures a lot. And for oh, good yeah. reason. Like, you know, the guy's gone through hell throughout all the games. And yeah. I like that cutscene's like definitely up there. I definitely agree with you. And I, I interpret it the same way. It's like she understands that he needs the adventure. Because yeah. he, he was happy with her. He was happy, you know, living in a suburban like a suburban neighborhood. Like, you know, doing what normal people do. But she realized in that moment, like I can't keep him locked in like that. Like he's he only gave it up because of me. And that's yeah. not fair. And that's not fair to him. Like if it weren't for me, he would still be doing it. Yeah. 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 Like I mean, for I mean you even see that in the beginning of the game where Nate has a whole attic dedicated to that side of him. Yeah, like you know? he locks it away. Yeah, like like and it's yeah, like it's 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 a remarkable way of expressing that. Like I fucking love God damn it. Nate Nate and Lena are undebatably the best couple. Absolutely, for sure. You know. But Arachnite. Cloud and Tifa, man, like exploring their past. Tifa knowing that spoilers, I guess. Tifa no yeah, I guess we should have topped it off. Hey, there's gonna be spoilers. <laughs> Holy shit, we just just spoiled off. four is five years old. We we spoil a lot of Uncharted Four. But um Cloud and Tifa, you know, they're like where where I started to really like Tifa Arachnite, it was uh when you get to Sector Seven slums in the remake and you spend like what 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 seems like a full day doing these side missions around sector seven you know and like having tifa be right there and like her kind of like you know like carrying me into this world in this specific place in midgar you know and uh you know tifa like knowing that something's up with cloud but having reservations about telling him you know which um i know like from a real world standpoint you would you would assume that tifa in like normal circumstances like in normal circumstances would probably tell cloud that hey you know like that's not how things went down like it it hasn't been five years or like whatever the whole thing was and all that um but there's uh, I just really like the Cloud and Tifa bond, and I like it more, of course, which we haven't seen yet in the remake. But in the OG game, when um, when 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 Cloud has Mako poisoning, and you know Tifa helps Cloud see like what actually happened, yeah, in the past, you know, like like that's dope as fuck. But at the same coin, I have a new outlook, Arachnite, on Cloud and Aerith, that. I think I now see that, like, Cod and Aerith are kind of meant to be together, you know? Yeah. But then there's Zack, you know? Yeah, well, Zack's fucking dead. I mean, not anymore. 
<laughs> I can change that. I mean, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, well, Aerith, Aerith talks about, like, oh, I got over it. I would love to see them interact in the remake, man. Holy fuck. Yeah, you best be over him. I'm here. I'm now. <laughs> wow. 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 Like, he can have, like, Zach and Tifa, like, the, the, you know, they they have so much in common. They both have black hair. Like, whatever. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> they, they, they can figure it out. But, but uh, all jokes aside, I do... I do see where people come from with Cloud and Tifa because I watched the route where it's like you're more Tifa than Aerith in remake, and like the the dream sequence in when you're staying at Aerith's house. Oh my god! Like, come on, Aerith's scene where it's like, oh you, no. like, <sighs> can I talk about that? Yes, no, because I wish that was a. I wish that was the cutscene I got. I honestly, low-key, wish that, like, that was the main scene. If I had to pick one, it would be the Cloud Earth one, but please go off on the B about that cutscene. You know, but it's like, Aerith's like, you can't fall in love with me. And Cloud is visibly recoiling. It is the most heartbreaking shit I've ever seen in my fucking life. Because she knows what's going to go down. Cloud doesn't know what's going to go down. Like, he... She tells him, "Is like you're not you're not allowed to fall in love with me," and then touches his face, like in an intimate way. Like they get close, and she touches his face. Like she wants it, he wants it, but she's trying to protect him. The entire conversation is essentially trying to protect him because she doesn't want him to be hurt like he was in Advent Children and and the latter half of FF Seven, because Cloud was heartbroken for years. Oh yeah, FF Seven for oh, yeah. years. He's haunted by it. Like it is the number one mistake that has haunted him his entire life after the events of FF Seven that he couldn't <sighs> save her. He, it's something that drives a wedge between him and Tifa in Advent Children, and it drives a wedge between him and everybody else because he's constantly trying to make amends for a mistake that he can never take back. In his eyes, like he can never. It's. It's, it's trying to fill a cup that, or trying to fill a hole that only gets deeper. He's trying to help other people or isolating himself, staying in Aerith's church, tending to the flowers, doing everything he can humanly do in order to make amends or to carry on what Aerith was to him, to other people. But the hole only gets deeper, and it only becomes a, a greater burden on his shoulders as time goes on. And so Aerith knows that, she knows everything that he went through after what happened in classic FF7. So she's trying to protect him the entire time. It's like, you can't fall in love with me. You can't do this. You can't do that. But at the same time, it the throughout the entire course of the game, Aerith can't stop herself. Like, from God, spending yeah. time with Cloud. Because if she wanted to pr- stop Cloud from falling in love with her, just don't spend time with him. Yeah. Like... She she chose to lead him and take him on a longer route to get back to the slums in Sector 7, from Sector 5, I think. And she's like, oh, I know another way. And it was the long way. She wanted to spend more time with him. And when you do all the side missions in the first part of the game and Aerith gets her red dress 
for uh, for for that mission. And Cloud again visibly recoils, like he even apologizes because he just doesn't have any words to say. He didn't get that reaction with Tifa, is all I'm saying. He saw her in the dress when she was going, and he was like, "Hey, we're we're coming after you." Well, I got gotcha. you. But when when Aerith's in her dress, like her her tier three dress. He apologizes because he just doesn't have any words to say, and then he like sh he's shy and like puts his head down. Yeah, he's like, uh, my, sorry, and then you know, Aerith is flattered. And I don't know. It's just throughout the entire course of the game, Aerith brings out a new side of Cloud that doesn't happen with Tifa, which is why I'm not Team Tifa, like personally. And plus, Aerith is super cute. Like, she is such a cute character. On on top of on top of all that too like at the very end of advent children like cloud's able to smile yeah. you know like knowing that like hey Aerith like doesn't have negative like feelings towards you you know like yeah. fuck man like, like that shit hits so like ultimately like i i know it's cloud and Aerith. i know it is but like off of the first playthrough specifically of the remake I was definitely feeling the more Cloud and Tifa type vibe. So I'm I, I'm wondering now, because I know when I play Remake again, I'm going to fucking cry so fucking much. You know, like now that I have the full context of Final Fantasy VII, like I'm going to be a fucking wreck. And I really want to see more like, I think it's undeniable that like after I play it again, I'm going to be on Aerith more for sure. But like, like that's going to be what I see more. Um, but we'll see. But we'll see. But yeah. I still ha have a lot of love for Tiva. I think yeah, Tiva is very, very important to Cloud specifically and his past as well. Like that's why I really like Tiva as well. And like I know you're not saying you don't like Tiva, no. but yeah, it's, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's um, thing. I I can understand like narratively, and if like narratively and for myself, it's Cloud and Aerith. Like uh, I already explained why my thoughts on. On narratively but like if, if I if I were you know if it were like if I met someone like Aerith and someone like Tifa yeah you can bet that I would be a nervous wreck around Aerith damn like damn but like I, I can see like you know I've talked to a few people say like, oh Tifa's more my type and it's like you know I get it She's cool, like, but it's just like Tifa, like, it's just childhood friend. So it's it's hard to, it's hard to distinguish that from romantic interest, and it happens a lot in, in stories, especially in anime. Childhood friend usually loses. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. Damn, which is an L if you're a childhood friend. Also. <laughs> Shout out to Jesse as well, you know. Oh, shout out to Jesse. In in terms of romances, like it, it's it's Aerith all day every day. But if if Jesse, Tifa, and Aerith were romances, in terms of playthroughs, I would do Aerith first, then Jesse, then Tifa. I'm gonna be honest. Mm, mm. I don't. know. Jesse was very. They made her very endearing, which you didn't get a lot of in classic FF7. Yeah, I I really like. I really like like Justine remake. You know, like she just seems like very forward and honest about her feelings. You know, like even so much as like asking Cloud to literally go on a date. You know what I'm saying? Like like 
I don't know. Like, Jesse is just a confidence that, like, it it worked for me. Where I'm like, ah, girl, get that shit. Go for it, queen. You know what I'm saying? So, so shout out to Jesse. But we do have a few more to cover as well, of course. You know what I'm saying? Even though it's probably clear that, okay, Nate and Elena, definitely number one. Um, honestly, after this conversation, Cloud and Aerith are probably number two. To be completely yeah. honest with you. You know what I'm saying? Um, and we'll and I can't wait to see how that all stands out when the remake is done, and when we're approximately fucking forty years old when it's done. Um, <laughs> I'm curious to see how it all shakes up from that standpoint. Nate and Chloe's a good one though. Nate and Chloe's a good one. You know, I, I don't agree. I just think it's a nice little different vibe. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it is. I think looking back on it, I think it's a. It, it, there's a hint of toxicity. Oh, they're super bad for each other. <laughs> That, that, like, I I appreciate it because I think it really shows that, like, Nate belongs with Elena. You know what I'm saying? Even though I like this, like, you know, side piece type thing with Chloe, you know. Uh, definitely, like, the more, like, fun type of relationship that, you know. It's, like, like Chloe was the rebound, you know? Yeah, Chloe was definitely the rebound. But, Chloe, like... My, my take on it is Chloe was the girl that Nate would have gone for when he was younger. Yes. Elena's the girl that you settled down with. Chloe is perhaps what you want at the age of like 21, 24, something like that. But Elena's, Elena's going to be what you need in like your 30s and like your late 20s. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You follow me? You know? It's a whole want and need dynamic that I think, I think you don't get – I don't think Nate will under – like, I don't think they would have understood that he needed Elena without wanting Chloe. Yeah, you know like, that that's why their conversation at the end of Uncharted 2 is, like, really important. Because Nate, because Chloe asks him, is like, do you love her? And the first thing Nate does is apologize. Yeah. Because yeah. he knows, she knows the answer and he knows the answer. So he apologizes because he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, Chloe. I do. And she accepts it. She, it, it is their most honest moment. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Uncharted 3, we didn't see a lot of Chloe. And Uncharted 4, she was gone. Like, we haven't seen a lot of Nate and Chloe interaction since that one mission in Uncharted 3. But yeah. in that moment, like, in their best moment. Nate apologizes like it shows character development it shows that he's matured and that he really understands what he wants comparatively to what he needs yeah and at the, at that point those those two become one and the same he wants Elena and he knows he needs Elena so mm. because when she was when he thought she was going to die like it it hit him it hit him like a freight train he's like if we had seen Nate more desperate in that moment than the entire saga of the of Uncharted games, like he was desperate, he was desperate to keep her safe. Mm. Also, fuck Flynn for that cheap <laughs> Really? It's like, oh, we're gonna help you. Here's a grenade, asshole. Let um, I kind of want to hit the ones that like we don't have a ton to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Cole McGrath and Trish Daly. I'm gonna keep it honest. I forgot about this whole thing. I haven't played Infamous in a very long time. Trish? Yes, I love the games, but I I could talk about it because I I do remember their uh, relationship well. 
There's not. I remember her death, but that's it. Yeah, know? there there wasn't a whole lot to talk about, and we're gonna keep this like canon. Like the canon story is that Cold chose the good ending in both games. Yeah. So Trish blames Cole for something that was completely out of his control, which is fine. She was grieving the death of her sister. Like it makes sense when you think about it on a in a human level. Like logically it doesn't, but you know, emotions play rampant. So and then Trish kinda just hey, I need you to do these things. And Cole's like, can we talk about what we were and, like, fix things? And she kind of pushes him off until, like, a few missions before her death. And then she dies. And then she says that she's proud of Cole for using his powers for good and then dies. And that's that's it. But if you look at Kessler, again, there's not much to talk about. Cole, no race fear, no... Uh, I forgot what they called the... Uh, what they call the uh, the explosion. I know it was like the Empire City incident or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I remember there there is a name that they say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot what it's called, but yeah, I already talked about it. Um, so, that never happens. Cole and Trish get married. They have a few kids. Zeke's their best man. Trish dies to the Beast, and so does Cole's family, and then he becomes Kessler. So there's not really a whole lot to talk about Trish. If anything, like, Cole and Quo in Infamous 2, I would have liked to see a little more there. Oh, I forgot about that, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. Like, okay. You're right. also, you're right. Lucy Quo's theme is the best part of the Infamous 2 soundtrack. I, I'm i going to play the Infamous series again here, I'm going to say relatively soon. I'm not sure when, but yeah. I'm definitely like, going to do it. I I've played one. and watched Infamous. I've just played over a dozen times, so I could talk about that game all day. A couple that you know aren't that crazy. Um, I think Krayos and Faze is a good one. I just like Krayos and Faze because we never see them. Faze always dead when we play God of War. <laughs> no, but I'm <laughs> yeah, you know. But like, she it's did. the like. It's the effect that Kratos has with Faye, you know? Yeah. Like, Kratos is, like, Kratos is able to learn, like, what it means to, I think, truly love with Faye. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and, and you, you can tell that, that, like, Kratos, like, misses Faye in, like, a lot of different instances where, like, on that journey, like, you know, I don't think it's hard to believe that, like, there are times when, like, he felt that, like, oh, man, like, fuck, I wish fucking Faye was here to help me with fucking Atreus and this whole bullshit, you know? And, like, at the end of the day, also, what what Koi Barlock says, those handprints that are glowing throughout the game are Faye retreading the journey that Kratos and Atreus would eventually go on. Thus, you can also interpret that, like, Faye led them on this journey, you know, and, like, brought them as father and son together, you know? Which is fantastic, yeah, you know. It's um, and and of course, honestly, the whole plot of God War twenty eighteen is revolved around Faye herself through her ashes. That's the main point, you know. Um, that's like why we're taking this journey is because of Faye firsthand, you know. Um, so, I think there's while it's not a traditional relationship that we see, I think like you see the effect of that relationship very very effectively in in God of War. You know? Yeah. So shout like, to that. Yeah. Don't like my one of my favorite lines in that whole game is 
Do not confuse my silence for a lack of grief. Yes. Oh my god, yes, dude, yes. Like, Kratos was hurting the entire game. Oh, big facts. Big facts. And to see that characterized in a quiet, like, like, quiet and somber instead of how Kratos traditionally dealt with grief, which is scream and murder, like, it shows a lot of what Faye did to him. Uh, like, because the best relationships always help bring out the best of oneself and ideally of each other. The be- Like, that's how I think of a good relationship comparatively to a bad one or a toxic one is that even if you split up, because not every relationship could withstand the trials and tribulations of life or something happens, God forbid, you walk out of the relationship knowing that you became a better person throughout the experience. Precisely. So that's why Kratos and Faye is not, like like you said, not a traditional relationship like we talked about with Nate and Elena. It still is very important to Kratos' characterization and the God of War narrative, and that's why I think it's important and deserves to be here. Yeah, yeah. Um, some quick ones again. I think that we're gonna spend a ton of time on, like Peter and MJ specifically inspired on PS4. Um, yeah, you like see them, you know, find their love again and like re rekindle that and all that. Um, but you know, it's 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 not like the main. It like wasn't. I don't think it was like. Um, it wasn't focused on very much. Like exactly. Yeah. Yeah, MJ is mad at Peter for most of the game. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, they got issues. I mean, honestly, I think they do a way better job, and it and it is better emphasized and focused on in the prequel novel. Um, yeah, a lot more. Like, like you, you like see this like um, argument where like MJ feels that like she cannot make a risky move for herself or her own intuition without Peter protecting her and, like, coddling her, you know? And, like, MJ feels held back from that standpoint, you know? Um, And, like, that's an interesting fight that they have and, like, an interesting conversation that they have and, like, you know, how how do you be in a relationship between another human when you're a superhero, you know? And, like, you have a whole different dynamic of, like, what a threat is to the common person. And, like, how do you balance that? You know, I think it's, like, a really, really interesting way that they did in the prequel novel. So, like, definitely in the novel, there's a lot of cool stuff that they emphasize between them two. But, um, yeah, it's, like, not that much in the game. But, um, that, that, you know, like, I had to give a little shout-out, you know, for sure. Shout-out to them. I'm sure they'll expand on it in Spider-Man, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because now they're together again. You know what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that, for sure. Um... He even went on her to, uh, I almost said Sokovia. Not fucking Sokovia. Simcaria? Yeah, Simcaria. Damn, that sounds really close to each other. Fuck. Well, yeah, they, they went to Simcaria and all that. Um, another one, of course, the game that I was talking about, Miles Rallis. Miles and baby girl Haley Cooper was good. They didn't start hope. dating. I know, but couple. I hope it continues. I know, you know what? You're right. It, it shouldn't be on this list. They're not uh, a couple was, yet. Well, I was going to say they started talking... Well, they yeah, they're not Facebook official, but Damn. I bet I bet by the beginning of Siren Man 2, I bet they, I, I bet they're gonna be a couple, you know. Well, she I can't bet they're call gonna... him, huh? Like, 
a lot of the conversations have been like like through calls that's not gonna happen <sighs> you motherfucker um nah man like they're gonna figure it out man they're they're gonna all this stuff is gonna be like in person like with the signing and all that like I bet they're gonna you know I bet I bet we'll figure it out they're gonna figure it out you know I have hope I have hope uh but now we go into the last of us the la oh you know what hold up before we get to the last of us section because there's a lot of different couples in the last of us Deacon say John and Sarah Whitaker I don't think you played Days Gone no okay <laughs> I, I got so bored in the very beginning yeah, let me like say my piece. I'm gonna spoil. I'm gonna spoil this whole dynamic. I'm. I sure. I don't think you really care to be honest. I don't. Um, so of course you know Sarah in the beginning of the game. She's dead. All this good stuff. You know Deacon <laughs> has a lot. Of, like like you know Deacon has like a lot of guilt over that. You know like 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 we we see. You know what? Honestly, and it's something that like I kind of like it. It worked for me, even though I think a lot of people took it as like a little bit cheesy, which I which I can understand. But like, there's multiple times where you go back to this like pseudo grave that Deacon made for Sarah, um, you know, and like we hear Deacon like talk to her um, at the grave and everything, and and different stuff like that. We see their wedding day and all that, right? Um, and it's played out the, and it's played up that oh my god, yeah, like she's gone. Deacon has a lot of pain for it, I don't know, right? But then eventually she comes back. And she never died, right? Like, Deacon just thought that she had died, but she lived throughout that whole altercation in the way beginning of the game. And um, while it was painfully obvious that they were going to bring her back, right? It was still, I think, pretty cool to see uh, Deacon react to that, you know? I think it, like, overall, it was something that, like, it felt like... um. It felt like a very like classic like TV show type of like reaction to it, you know. We're like, yeah, okay, we all saw it from like a mile away, but it it was enjoyable, you know. It Maybe, still hits. Yeah, yeah, like it was, it was, it was really cool to see. I'm forgetting the fucking actor. It's bothering me. Darth Maul. Oh my god, dude. What's his name? The actor that plays Deacon. <laughs> He's also Darth Maul. Oh, uh, the same guy that was Starkiller? Yeah, um... Ah, oh, tip of my tongue, man. Yeah, him. God damn it, him. what's his name? Shout out to him. Great actor. Who was it? I don't know his name, but great actor. Yeah, him. Shout out to him. I think he did a great job at Deacon St. John, for sure. Um, Last of Us. I I think the one that we'll probably spend the less, t less time on, Joel and Tess. I just like the whole dynamic. It's not said that they're a couple, but they've been together for a very long time in the first game. Um, like and they, they allude like to a married couple. Yeah, they're like essentially a married couple. You know what I'm saying? But like we like never see them really like have any type of like intimacy or or like say that they're a couple. But like they've been together for a very long time, where the 20 year gap happens in The Last of Us. You know, so shout out to Joel and Tess. Shout out to Joel and Tess. Tommy and Maria as well. We see them go through. We see them go through some struggles as well, um, especially in the second game and the first game. Honestly, like you like see a lot of like foils between them two. Um, to eventually, due to the events of part two, Maria leaving Tommy as well. So that's interesting as well. So yeah, that's a whole dynamic that I I'd like to see. All right, Arachnite. 
Uh, I think the one we'll spend less time on, Dina and Jesse. How how do you feel about Dina and Jesse? I, they're better as friends. I agree. I agree. It it wasn't working out, you know. Yeah. Oh, I skipped on a Abby and Owen. Bad. Really? Those two were so bad for each other. I mean, was Owen better with Mel or better with Abby? It the whole. The whole cultivation of their romance was really toxic. Abby and Mel or Abby? Oh, I mean, Abby and Owen, 100% toxicity. Absolutely. Yeah, it was hmm. absolutely toxic. Which is why, like, I don't... Like, I understand it narratively, and it makes sense narratively. But, like, thinking about it as just, like, pure couple, like, just thinking about them as a couple, it's not a good couple. It's super toxic. I can see it. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. Um, I think my favorite, like, this has to be, like, in top three category of, like, my favorite couple. I really like Ellie and Dina. Agreed. I really, really like them. You know, specifically, I, I love Dina as a character. She's one of my favorites in part two, honestly. Like, I fucking love Dina. Um, but I really thought Ellie and Dina worked. Do you have any, have any uh, deep analysis on Ellie and Dina? Uh, no, I think I think they're a good match for each other. It's it's definitely heartbreaking to see what they go through in part two, and uh, like something something that Naughty Dog really does put a weight on is just like it's not both people causing harm to each other. It's like all the weight is on one person it feels like sometimes like we talked about nate and elena like elena was great and nate was an asshole ellie and dina dina's been pretty great and ellie was an asshole and tommy and maria yeah. Tom tommy's Mar the asshole and tommy's yeah. the asshole like and the whole thing with tommy and maria like kind of like i don't know she she seemed kind of fed up I was like yeah like I'm, I'm gonna walk away after the death of your brother. Like, that was brutal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I think the whole thing, like, I think what what was a broke the straw on the game. Well, I think we start to see them really drift apart when Tommy leaves, you know, to go get vengeance for Joel. Um. Uh. Um. You know, after he tells Maria that she that that he's not going to, and just he just can't help himself. Yeah, he lies and leaves. Which I yeah he yeah he like lies and leaves, and then it's alluded that when Tommy comes back, that they're still together. But what was the final thing was when Tommy wanted to do it again. I mean, you know, like, yeah, he already nearly died. Yeah, no, I I don't blame Maria. Like Tommy. Oh yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, I don't blame Maria. It's just like, it's just like it's it's very tragic. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But same thing with Ellie and Dina. Like Joel's death completely destroyed their lives. And if Joel had died in almost any other way. I like they would have still mourned and suffered, but the fact that it was a it was an execution. 
The fact that it was an execution in front of Ellie, that's what that's what destroyed her. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was really sad, like with Ellie and Dina, like they were happy. If she had just chose happiness instead of the vendetta, she could have walked away with all ten digits. <laughs> but <laughs> she uh, she oh, was man. obsessed though. Yeah. Like something we talked about a lot on Road to Part Two is that a main theme of The Last of Us Part Two is obsession. It's the cycle of violence and obsession because the fact that you're willing to travel across the country multiple times to kill one person, to hunt them down to the ends of the earth, is obsession. Yeah, and that's even in... I think that's what you were getting at too, is that like it's from all sides. Like It's from Abby's perspective, it's from Ellie's perspective, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's it's from both sides, you know. Yeah, they're obsessed with killing each other. Yeah, yeah. But, and I think a very positive relationship that that Ellie once had was was with Riley as well. Ellie does have a another random girlfriend that she brings up like in between like Riley Dad and Dina. Um, I forgot her name, yeah. but she like brings it up and like she just never really talks about it. Um, so that one is like not even that sensical, but like Ellie and Riley shot to Ellie and Riley, you know? Yeah. Like left behind Ellie, like Ellie learned what love was because of Riley, which, which let her find Dina, which led her to find Dina. But it's, it's very important in her development. I agree. I agree. So, uh, definitely we're, we're, I know we crowned it like he, like a half hour ago, but the number one, Nate and Lena, of course. Yeah, I'd say my number two, definitely Cloud and Aerith, and then my third, Ellie and Dina. Ellie and Dina, like Peter, uh, like Peter and MJ in PS4. I don't think we've seen enough of, but those two are a favorite in comics for me. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I know, like, some of my personal favorites are definitely Kratos and Faye, and that whole just interesting dynamic of a relationship, um, and, like, how it affects them. Um, Deacon St. John and Sarah, too, you know? It's a little bit cheesy, but I like it. I like it. So, and, and of course, Cloud and Tifa, shout out to them. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, those are some of the, some of PlayStation's best couples, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Valentine's Day, you know? I'm single as fuck, so, you know. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> but, uh, of course, Arachnite, where can the people find you? I am on the PlayStation Source Discord under the same name and on Twitter at Orly underscore Macias if you'd like to see photo book shots or some comic book shit. That's me. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this has been Save Stop Podcast Episode 5. Uh, the weekly news show about any and all things PS5, PlayStation games, and PlayStation itself. You can catch the show here on YouTube.com as PlayStation Source, as well as podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, via our anchor link down below in the description. 
to get us on podcast feeds. You can, of course, like the video and or rate the podcast to help us get seen by more viewers so we can grow the PSS family. I'm being dead ass. Seriously, rate us. Put anything. Insult me. Insult me. I want to read some insults next week about your boy. Okay, down below, of course, you can also let us know what you like or dislike about the podcast, as well as like and dislike with a rating, and connect with us further on Twitter and Discord in the description, along with, if you're feeling generous, feel free to hit that join button to become a member of the channel with the $1 Prince tier and our $5 King tier to be a member just like Arachnite, Chungi, Owen, Caleb Kaiser, Tabuamuza, etc. You know what I'm saying? And... If you need some more live interaction, you can, of course, check out the stream series. We have public playlists. If you missed the streams, they're up there unlisted. Um, along with this upcoming week, we'll be streaming some more Braxton and Clank, A Crack in Time. We're, uh, we're probably going to get to the middle and maybe maybe the end, but I don't think we're going to beat it this week. But like maybe like we're, we're going to be like m- middle of the game. And, uh, you know, later half of the game as well. So we're going to be continuing that. And we'll be starting Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty as well. So very excited for that. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Hope you guys have a nice Valentine's Day if you're uh, not single. But if you're single like me and Arachnite, you know, video games are always there for us. Ain't that right, Arachnite? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Pain. (laughs) 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 oh man i'm 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 lonely uh thank you all for watching and as always greatness Greatness awaits. awaits